Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Vid Muller. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Australia's number one pain freedom coach and certified holistic therapist who helps others in pain enjoy their lives again. <clears throat> she developed the multi-award winning Neural Alignment Method, which brings together the world's best healing techniques for chronic physical and emotional pain to help others come off pain meds by showing them how the body heals through connecting and communicating with their mind and body. She's also a keynote speaker. In the past, I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Phil on the subject of chronic pain, and also she has written several articles on this topic. Right now, she's also in the process of launching a new book, which will be released very, very soon by the start of 2021. Please welcome to the show, Dawn Cuddy. Hi. <laughs> Lovely to be here. How are Great. you, Vic? Very good. Great to have you on the show, Dawn. We, we spoke a couple of months back uh, initially when you found when we introduce ourselves to each other and uh, it's a really interesting conversation getting to know what you do. Uh, so I, I know a little bit, but for the listeners who don't know you at all, would you mind just um, um, telling you a little bit more about what it is that you do? Because it's a bit more unorthodox and we're going to have a conversation about that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So I have pain clinics throughout Sydney and pretty much I'm a qualified psychotherapist. And I deal with the fallout of what chronic pain does to people. So the emotional component of being in chronic pain. What most people don't realize is most chronic pain is caused from emotional issues. So it's just like um, when you have been going through high anxiety, stress, tension for a number of years, that compounds and when it compounds over a period of time and say so you have a, an accident at work or you have a car accident, it's almost like the cherry on top of the cake. And then suddenly what happens is you have this injury where most people would recover and they'd be fine after a few months. But then you get, it's around 16 to 20% of the population will just not get better. In fact, they'll start declining. Mm. And the current um, traditional methods for those people is to put them on painkillers, operations, and then they become addicted to opioids, and then they become addicted to anti-anxiety medication, and then they're just left, and there's nothing to help them. And that's why I set up the pain clinics, because I was one of those people. And I set the pain clinics up, and I'm in business with um, an exercise physiologist, because exercise is imperative to helping people heal through this and a physiotherapist and we created um incredible programs we've got several and i create the neural alignment method to teach people how to heal themselves that is the key message it's how to heal you nobody else can heal you you have to heal yourself and it's a journey and it can be scary and it can be daunting if you do it on your own but if you have someone who's been there You've got support and guidance of people that have dealt with chronic pain sufferers for decades. Then you're not in this alone. Is this like when, you know, when, when people keep telling you what you need to do and you don't really listen and, and until, until you really sort of yourself buy into it, that's when you start making those, the change and making, making the right steps. Yeah. It almost has to come to the point that you've exhausted all options You've tried everything and it's not working. In fact, you're probably getting worse. And it's just this like decision. You have to get to that point where you make a decision and go, I can't do this. I'm done. And what happens is, is it creates a fork in the road and it's either I'm going to give up and that's the end of it. What does I'm that mean? So for me personally, it was suicide. That was my other option when I went through this and many people that I have spoken to have got to that point where they've gone, you know what, I'm done. And they go down the suicide path where the pain gets worse, the depression, the anxiety, then PTSD happens. And then it's this in and out of suicidal thoughts, 
maybe some attempts, um, maybe so confrontational at the fact that you're ready to end your life that you might have the realization there where you go, you know what? I'm not ready to end my life. I'm not ready to give my power over to the pain. So you know what? I'm going to have to find another way. But that's, you're talking about the, those type of people who, who realize that, that they're not ready, but that's the other side of the people who do that's commit right. suicide. So this is a very yeah. important conversation that we are having really um, for, for anybody that's listening who is hopefully listening and is um, and might be in that tough spot right now. I mean, this year has probably been tough for a lot of people, right? extremely i mean if you're in chronic pain and you've got no work and you've been trying to get back into the workforce mm. and then this happens and many industries i mean look at tourism it's been wiped out pretty much flights are not going international so flight center and all of those kinds of companies they're not getting new business coming in and then you've got cafes who were shut down restaurants that the capacity is being cut to a third because of social distancing so industries are, are failing. And the, the, what I found of it was when I was in that situation, the jobs that they gave you were in hospitality to get you back into the workplace. So can you imagine what's going on for these poor people where their life has already been devastated from chronic pain? They're going through this emotional roller coaster. There's no answers. They feel isolated and alone. They already feel a burden. And then suddenly this bizarre year happens where they're like what am I going to do like how on earth am I ever going to get back into the workforce I'm competing with all these other people what am I going to do how am I going to get back in I'm on the back foot so then mm. you've got the anxiety and then you've got the depression and that's the other side of pain because pain is pain and I mean and it's easy to say you know uh pivot and start an online business and all those all those things and I'm sure a lot of people do that um out of out of necessity from being in lockdown. But if you're in that tough sport, you don't, you, you, you're not motivated to do anything like that. Your creativity is shut down because you're just, you're just in a dark room feeling alone. Right. So that's a, that's a. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 100%, 100% that you know that having a business is like creating it's, it's pure creation. And when you're in pain, there is no creation. You are in complete survival. So everything seems and feels 10 times harder than it does when you're not in pain. All right. So let's unpack some solutions because this show is all about success, yeah. inspire, inspiring success in right. any way, shape or form. And if we can inspire improving someone's life to have a more successful life, more fulfilling life, um, then we've done a good job by the end of this episode. So um, back to you, Don. Let's first before we get to that. First, let's let's um, unpack the rest of that story for you. How did you? How did you? What was that experience dealing with chronic in your life? I know you. you, you I think last time you spoke, you mentioned it was started very very early for you. Mm -hmm. and you've been battling with throughout the whole life. But if you can maybe unpack it a bit more for for the listeners, and then let's yeah. go into solutions. Absolutely. So, I suffered from about the age of one. So ears, nose, throat, then it went into kidney issues, bowel issues, bowel disease. Then it went into um, going into kidney failure when I was pregnant, that I slipped when I was pregnant, I was left disabled. Like you can hear, it's like issue upon issue upon issue. And then from there, it went into the mental health, the anxiety, the depression, the PTSD, suicidal thoughts, nervous breakdowns. So when it comes to pain and suffering, I would say that I'm, I, I, <laughs> I know it pretty well. So that's pretty much my story was I got to the point where I was suicidal and my little boy at the time was 16 months old. And I was at that point, I was at the fork in the road where I was like, I have two choices that I cannot exist like this. I cannot be in pain. That's not a choice cross. I'm either going to get out of pain or I'm going to end my life. And at that point I was going down in my life. And then what happened was I was like, I don't want that to be my son's story. I don't want that to be my son's story that his mom couldn't cope and she took her life. And I didn't want to leave my husband as a widow. And at the time, I honestly, if you're there 
if you're listening to this right now and you are suffering from depression, it feels like the best thing to do is for you to leave. Can I just say it isn't? You're going to cause more pain and suffering to your family by leaving than you are being here. And it feels so tempting and it feels so true that we convince ourselves that that's the only option. Please know that that is a lie. It's not true. And you are worthy of being here. And you are a bloody miracle. You're an absolute miracle. The fact that you are here right now is a miracle. So hold on to that. Hold on to that. It's really important. Now, if somebody's listening, you know, they're going through those tough sports. They're like, you know, everybody compares to themselves. And, and, and also, uh, people tend to make it worse, make, make it the worst case of themselves. And, and it's easy to say, oh, but you don't understand. And I mean, I mean, can you unpack that a little bit more? Because you kind of skimmed through that. But last time we spoke, you sort of went into detail in terms of what those, you know, the dealing with the chronic uh, pain for you, what it was like. Can you explain it a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, absolutely. I, most days I didn't want to get out of bed. I generally never got dressed. I would get dressed five minutes before I knew my husband was coming home. I'd ring him and find out where he was and say, can you ring me when you're five minutes away from home so I could go get dressed? Probably didn't shower for two or three weeks at a time. I stunk. My hair was greasy. I despised living. I used pain meds to numb how I felt because I didn't want to exist in this life. I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. Numb was better than feeling the pain. The emotional pain was worse than the physical pain. The physical pain I could almost cope with, but the emotional pain of having no freedom and being housebound and feeling useless and worthless and a burden, feeling like the worst mother on earth. What have you tried to solve all this? I had two procedures. I've been to see four or five physiotherapists. I'd been to a neurosurgeon. I'd been to different specialists. I tried chiropractor. I tried energy medicine. I tried naturopath, herbals, tinctures, um, all sorts of stuff. Most people initially would start with the conventional, right? Going to the doctor and taking drugs and things like that. And that didn't work. I was on 13 painkillers a day. And when I say painkillers, I'm talking opioids. Targin, Lyrica, Endep, Tramadol, Endone, Norgesic, Panadine for 13 a day minimum. Highly addictive drugs. And took the edge off. That's all I can say. Numb me to a point that I didn't have to feel how horrendous my life was. It doesn't solve the problem, really. It's just a band-aid, no, it isn't. isn't it? It's a band-aid. And... For those of you who are listening, who are in this situation or know someone in this situation, please know it's a process that you have to go through. It's a process that you have to go through. You have to try all of that stuff to know that it doesn't work. You have to experience the numbing because you have to build strength within yourself to make that decision to say, no, this is not for me anymore. So don't be hard on yourself if you're there. Just know that you'll get through the other side. And there's people like me here ready to hold your hand and link arms with you and guide you through it. Now that you're on the other side, you obviously feel strong. Very strong. Yeah. The way you say it sounds strong. Yeah, thank you. I'm very strong and very powerful and very proud of myself. And the crazy thing is I am so grateful for the experience because I am a better person. I'm stronger. I offer more to the world. I am a better mother. I'm a better wife. I'm a better friend. I am much better at everything than I ever could imagine now that I'm out the other side. And it wouldn't yeah. have happened if it weren't for that experience. What are the stats? Do you know how many people do make it the other side? It's pretty much the stats. So in, since the 90s, the start, it's 10 times the amount of chronic pain sufferers. So that just tells you right there. Not only are we having more sufferers, hardly anyone's getting out of it. In terms, met, of, in terms of how many chronic sufferers who've exhausted all the options, how many of them, when they're on that 
for when deciding those two options? Is there any numbers? That, no, there's no numbers you know? on that because no. basically what happens is most people just, so a lot of my clients have been in pain between five and 25 years. And most of them have just come to the conclusion that this is their life. I've not met many people that have got themselves out of pain and there's not many clinics and not many online courses that do what I do. So I'd, I'd probably say that the stats are extremely low of someone getting themselves out of it because you have to have, you have to have insight is the only thing that I can possibly say is you have to have an, a deep knowing that you without pain exists. And if you can't visualize that and hold that image, it's pretty much impossible to get out of pain. That's what I do for people is hold the image that it's possible for them because not only have I done it, but there are hundreds of my clients that have done it as well. Mm. Visualization is very powerful. We, we use that at the gym at the start of every, um, we do these fitness challenges and I like to get people to, you know, shut their eyes and I talk them through the process of trying to visualize in 12 months, oh, sorry, in, in what is it? What do you, eight week challenges, right? So, you know, trying to get them to visualize how they would look like in those eight weeks. Imagine they're staring in the mirror and seeing, you know, the waistline a bit more slimmer and how they feel and trying to get them to lock in those emotions to it as well. It's very powerful. Very so the fact that you say it just confirms that it's an effective method that just works in, 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 in many, you know, for many reasons. 100% what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. If you do not believe that you can get out of pain, you will not get out of pain. It's that simple. And the reason why that is, is there's a part of the brain called the reticular activating system. So to, for those of you who don't know what that part of the brain is, it's like the filtration system from what you see subconsciously to what you will see consciously. So you buy that car and nobody's got the car. And then suddenly you've bought the car and the car is everywhere. And you're like, oh my God, no one had this car. And now it's everywhere. That's the reticular activating system. You've trained the reticular activating system to show you consciously the car. So it shows mm. you the car. If you don't believe that you can get out of pain, your reticular activating system will show you everything why you can't get out of pain. Everything as to why it's impossible for you to get out of pain. So you have to have that visualization and that image because the body knows no difference between your imagination and dreaming the real life. Why is it happening? Why is your, why is that reticulum, what's the name of it? Reticular activating system. The reticular activating system. Why is yep. it, is that, because I mean, oftentimes when we talk about things like that, it's like because your body is trying to protect you to stay against change. But in this scenario, it doesn't seem like it's being productive. No. So how that happens is you become afraid of the pain. The pain is bigger than you. You're afraid of the pain. So what happens is... Right your um, reptilian brain says, right, okay, we're in danger. We've got this damaged body. We need to be completely aware of our surroundings. And we're told movement is bad for us. If you move too much, I'm going to break something. I'm going to hurt something. I'm going to pull something out. I'm going to be laid up in bed. My life's going to get worse. So you become more of a hypochondriac as well. Exactly. So you become hypersensitive mm. to everything. So you train your brain to become hypersensitive because that's what makes sense because of what you're feeling inside of your body. But movement is imperative because without movement, you have your lymphatic drainage system. Your lymphatic drainage system is stimulated by movement, which gets rid of toxins. If you were putting painkiller after painkiller in your body, that has to leave your body once it's used it, those chemicals have to leave. And if you're not moving around and then you're eating foods to comfort it because you don't feel great and you're eating sugar, how do you think your body's going to get rid of it? It needs to get rid of it through the lymphatic drainage system. And if that's not working, then that's when you start to get stomach issues. 100%. Yeah. I'm a fitness guy. I'm a fitness guy and I'm a you know, big believer in, in movement. You got to move. And 100%. You just, you just explain it really, you know. Yeah, you just explained it. The lymphatic system is, for those of you guys listening, it's basically you've got, you know, think about your circulatory system. You've got a blood that pumps through your body thanks to your heart. It's a, it's a muscle. But your lymphatic system doesn't have anything um, that would pump it around. Um, so it's relying on the muscle contractions of your body. And if you're very inactive, 
um, case in point of overweight people that are, you know, typically very inactive. How do they start, right? This is where the walking program has been very effective because it's easy. It's not, um, it's not intense. You just got to put your shoes on, tie your shoelaces and go for a walk. And that's the good starting point. It really is, but can I just say I was disabled in agony, in pain with a newborn and I went and I taught myself to walk and I could only walk for one minute. One minute was my, that was my goal for about two weeks, one minute. And I built from one minute to being able to walk four hours. So anybody who thinks that they can't walk, it's a lie. You're lying to yourself because it's the reticular activating system. It's a part of the brain, the amygdala as well, the fight or flight stress response that's saying to you, movement is dangerous, I can't walk. One minute, you start there. That's start at it. the smallest bit that's most easy to start. Exactly right. Don't say, do you know what, I'm going to walk half an hour when you've only ever walked five minutes. That's ridiculous. You're setting yourself up for failure. And do you know what? That's going to be worse than not walking because then you're, you're feeding yourself. So the next time you go, you're going to beat yourself up and then it's this whole cycle. Or, or like if you do set yourself up for a target that's too too high or too big and you don't meet it, you don't match it, then you're going to feel shit about yourself. And then you're going to next time, you're going to be like, it's not even worth trying because I can't, I can't do it. Exactly. So one minute, yeah, one minute. It's, I mean, I mean, one hour is, I, I used to use this um, as a, when I was a personal trainer, you know, use a simple calculation for some of the uh, clients that came to me looking for, uh, you know, to start a training program with me and, you know, they had some objections that I had to deal with to get them to commit. And one of them was, I don't have time. And I would say, well, you know, one hour, you know, just see me one hour, three times a week, one hour. What's one hour in your day? It's when you do the math, it's 4%. Can you commit 4%? But we're talking about a minute. What is that? It's like point, point, whatever. It's nothing. And, and that's, the, that's, that's all it takes. Just start with that. And then, like you said, you build, you're going to start getting stronger. And it's not just the lymphatic system that is benefiting. Everything else is benefiting when you go for a walk, right? 100%. The muscles in your back, your spine, you're straightening and strengthening your spine. You're putting less strain and stress on your pelvic floor. Fresh air. Fresh air, vitamin D. Strengthening your lungs, more oxygen's going into your cells. Like it, the list goes on. Like vitamin D is imperative to the strengthening of your bones. Mm. It, it's as simple as that. You end up with osteoarthritis if you're not getting enough vitamin D. Now, what else have you tried? So you've exhausted all the all the traditional options. Mm-hmm. You've you've exhausted all the regular, you know, medicine options. You've also tried alternative medicine, mm-hmm. uh, naturopathy, and then nothing seemed to work. So. What did I do? How, how, yeah. So let's talk about that because. Uh, so this is the interesting yeah. thing. I started with what I was saying, my language. So I started to notice when I got out of bed, this is really interesting. So I want for you to really listen to this part. And this applies, even if you don't have chronic pain, this applies to everything. The first thing, just as my feet touched the floor, I would say to myself, I'm going to be in pain again today. So I was saying to my body, let's anticipate pain. Let's get ready for pain. Tense, grip, fear. What happens to your body? Your brain goes, oh my God, we're in danger. Starts to produce high levels of cortisol. So I'm drained already. So within about 30 minutes of getting out of bed, I was in agony. Absolute agony. So I started noticing that and I was like, that's interesting. I noticed myself one day saying that. I'd never noticed before that that's what I was saying to myself. And I was like, oh, that can't help. Something just had me question it. I went, that can't help. It's not going to help me. That's, I'm going to feel terrible for the rest of the day. In fact, I'm going to feel like shit if I keep saying stuff like that. Okay, right, I'm going to say something different. And for a period of time, I kept saying, my pain is improving each and every day. And from that, I started to notice that the pain started pushing back more and more. So it wasn't half an hour that the pain was ramping up and it was horrendous. It was getting to like an hour before it was horrendous. Just by that change. 
I was like, that's interesting. And then I thought, you know what? I'm owning the pain, my pain. I'm saying that that pain belongs to me and that I want it. And I want it to be in my life. So what about if I say the pain? And I changed it to that. And then suddenly two hours before the pain became horrendous. That's how it started. So I started watching what I was saying to myself. And every time I said, the pain's getting worse, all this pain's horrendous, it's taking over my life, it's ruining my life, I can't do this, I can't do that. I was like, I'm giving my power away to the pain. The pain is more powerful than me, therefore I'm always going to fear it. So I started working on removing the fear of the pain, that I was the master of the pain and the pain wasn't the master of me. I'm not consulting my pain whether I can go out for dinner. I'm not consulting my pain whether I can take my little boy out. I'm not doing it. And that's how it started. And when I became more powerful and stronger than the pain, the emotional stuff stopped. The depression and the anxiety started to subside. And then I was like, right, and the painkillers. So in that time, I started coming off of the painkillers and I used this weird technique called tapping. And I started to tap on certain points of the body, just like acupressure. But you do it yourself. Everything that I teach is to teach people how to heal themselves. This tapping, did you see it somewhere or did you just... Yes. So this is going to, for those of you who don't believe in a higher whatever, or you don't believe in the strange things of um, synchronicities, this might seem a bit far-fetched. But what happened is just before I started to watch my language, just before that, maybe about two or three days before I started to watch my language, I just put my hands up in the air and I went, I'm effing done. I just declared it. I went, I'm, I'm done. Can you just send me something to help me get rid of this pain? Because I am sick to death of numbing myself on painkillers. No word of a lie. Maybe 10 seconds. I looked at my emails and it said, powerful tool helping people become pain-free and I just looked at it and it was a practitioner course and it was called emotional freedom technique what's it called emotional freedom technique mm -hmm. also known as tapping right. so I um I bought the course then the language started then I started to see results from the language and then I just got the reminder remember the course so I started taking the course slowly some days doing it, some days not, some days forgetting about it, the usual cycle that we do, we forget. And then I became a practitioner in it. And I used that tool and the drive to thinking I could help other people. This is what it is. You have to have a purpose, two purposes to get out of pain. So you have your declaration. I'm done. Pain is not going to be bigger than me. I'm not going to end my life and I'm not going to live in pain. So the only option is I'm going to get out of pain. Yeah, so that's that stuff I think everybody relates to. That's an easy one to understand. Yeah. So basically when we buy into the pain being more powerful than us, you will never get out of the pain. So the second thing to work on is to be able to have two reasons to get out of pain. One has to be for you and one has to be for someone else. Okay, because when you can't do it for yourself, you can do it for the other person. So it's like a backup plan. Because when it's for ourselves, we kind of go, oh, maybe later on, I'll do it later. It's there's, not. There's nothing else to be accountable to. So it's, That's yeah. exactly right. So it's for someone else. So for that particular experience, so for me to get out of pain, it was for me because I wanted my life back, but it was for my son. So I didn't end my life. So he had a mother. But for me to implement this tool into my life and do it for myself, the first was for me to get myself out of pain. And the second was to be able to teach this to other people who were in pain to help them. So that was what you do things for other people more than you do for yourself. So when I didn't want to do it for myself, I said to myself, can you imagine helping someone be able to reduce their own pain? How powerful is that? So then That's I very fulfilling. That. Mm. very fulfilling so that's how i became and i'm really good at tapping when it comes to pain because i broke addiction to painkiller painkillers addiction to painkillers using this technique 
PTSD of the most traumatic birth you could ever imagine that I had with my little boy, as well as the um, a sexual assault that I had with a doctor who was treating me, sexually assaulted me, and I overcame that as well, just by this technique of tapping on certain points of your face. Right. Mm-hmm. Is there any studies that have yeah. been done on this lots and lots tapping lots technique? Of, yeah, Support lots. it? Oh yeah, it's it's come from a psychologist back in the sixties. So it's heavily researched. And there's a guy called Dawson Church, who um, I believe he's a doctor. Is Dawson Church, and he has spent millions getting research backing up how incredible this technique is. So that's one of the techniques that I use in the neural alignment method because it pulls the emotional charge. And what I mean by emotional charge is, you know, where you get that and it feels you can just feel emotionally when you share something so like you've watched me i've shared really deep things that have happened to me and there's been no emotion there's been no tears there's been no upset it's just the story that happened to me it's not bringing any bodily um sensations it's not bringing on any emotional experience and that's what eft does it removes the emotional charge of the most horrendous situations that have happened to you. It removes the emotional attachment to the pain, removes the emotional attachment of needing painkillers. That's the beauty of it. So then you can make a logical decision on what to do in your life rather than making an emotional decision. That's how powerful this tool is. Incredible. When we talk about making decisions in personal life, mm-hmm. same, same goes for business, right? Exactly right. You got to make logical decisions yeah. and trying to control your emotions yeah. that's <laughs> you get emotional that's when you lose it <laughs> oh you make the worst decisions when you're emotional you make the worst. <laughs> i've made many of them and then i've gone oh <laughs> yeah um do this yeah with the tapping i'm i'm, I'm curious so it kind of seems like it's uh, it's sim- there's probably some similarities with acupuncture Mm-hmm. What, what are the mechanics behind that? The mechanics behind it, this is the simplest way that I can explain something that no one really understands the depth of how it does. It's magical. This is the only way I can explain it to you is magical. But the mechanics behind it is the amygdala and the body are in, talking to each other. So the amygdala and the nervous system are continuously communicating with one another. Okay. How do we need to respond? How do we need to react? What's going on here? What's going on there? So your nervous system assesses the situation. So it walks in a room and goes, are we safe or are we not safe? The amygdala goes, have we experienced this before? Calls on the records. Yes, we've experienced this. Is, this is danger. This is danger. Then what happens is we become hypervigilant, hypersensitive, and then we go into fear. What EFT does which is incredible, the part of the brain called the amygdala, so that's a stress response, the fight or flight response, it allows that to speak and calm itself down, okay? So it allows it to say, I'm in danger, I am scared, this is a dangerous environment, I don't want to be here, and it allows it to discharge all of the fear, okay? But it allows it to discharge all of the fear without triggering the nervous system, So you're removing the body's reaction to the situation of what you're sharing. Does that make sense? I think it does. I just need to, I just probably need to like process it, uh, hear it again. You know what it means? No problem. But it makes, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it seems logical. Um, On, in contrary though, would you also say that, I mean, whatever technique, Mm-hmm. Any technique, as long as it's effective, it doesn't matter how it works, even if it's placebo, right? Because it's if it makes you believe, and if you believe is what makes you feel better, then who cares what what mechanics it works on, right? This is this is true. It, it's true to an extent. Placebo will take you so far, if that makes sense. Mm. Placebo is great in the beginning, but once you start going further on your journey, this will get in the way and it'll start to question things and hijack you. So placebo effect is brilliant in the beginning because when you're in pain and suffering, emotional, whatever is going on for you, 
you don't have the ability to understand the mechanics behind something. So the placebo effect is brilliant in the beginning. So just want for you to look at this tool as it calms this down, which is where the amygdala is positioned. It calms this down and then it strokes my nervous system and says, it's okay, we're safe. It's okay, we're safe. So it's almost like a form of hypnosis of the nervous system. I mean, it allows the amygdala to just go, Bleh, this is what's happening. Bleh, just projectile vomit all of the emotions. And the, at the same time, it's sedating the nervous system. Yep. <laughs> it's an interesting stuff. Now, let's talk about um, some, of your, some of your clients, if you can. Um, what are some of the success stories that you've helped, both personal and also somebody who runs a business and as a result of treatment with you, how that impacted positively their business? Yep. So um, I had a lady come to see me who was suffering. It started off as severe anxiety. And from that severe anxiety, it went to an attempt on her life. No one knew what was wrong with her. Then she started getting all these body symptoms, a lot of pain and suffering. Um, she was a head scratcher. She was sectioned several times under different mental uh, institutions. She was on a, a ridiculous amount of drugs. And she came to see me and she couldn't even hold a conversation. That's how much her brain was affected by what she was going through. This lady had a business. She had to shut her business down because she couldn't even string a sentence together because of the immense pain and suffering. And remember, pain can start off as an emotional and then lead into physical. It's not always physical leads into emotional. It can be the other way around. So it can start off with anxiety and then lead into chronic pain, physical pain. And we know that when you're in stress, when you have anxiety, your IQ goes down too. So that probably explained why she was unable to put together sentences and she just her nervous system was so traumatized from not only the lead up to the suicide attempt but the fact is she didn't even know that she'd made an attempt on her life she blacked out and her body's way of coping and her mind's way of coping was to forget that she'd even attempted to protect itself so this is horrific case. These are the types of people I deal with all from all different ranges. Some people come to me with chronic back pain, um, IBS, chronic health issues, diseases, to disability of being injured and pinned against the wall with um, a cherry picker. I had a guy who had been pinned against the wall with a cherry picker and had been mm. pretty much disabled for 25 years and I worked with him as well. But this lady, I worked with her for six months. After the six months, not only was she able to communicate, not only was she able to get her life back on track, this woman had been going through this for five years before she came to see me in and out of hospitals. No one knew what to do with her. Got to a point that she had to shut her business down because she was only good for about two hours a week. Who can run a business two hours a week? That She declined over that period of time. And then what happened was, from working with me and understanding the tools and the strategies and the techniques, understanding what was going on for her body. Because when we don't know, it's the uncertainty that drives us insane. And then what happened was she was able to slowly start to build a business back up. Her business is up and running now. She's got six members of staff. She only had one when she, before all this happened. But because she's got these tools and techniques, when she's making business decisions, when she's trying to um, bring on more staff, when the tension gets high, when the stress levels get high, when she's trying to make decisions, she's got all these strategies in, and all her staff are in alignment with her. Because she's, she's created boundaries. This is all about boundaries as well. There's so many facets to pain and overcoming it that it can be replicated through everything. Mm. raising children business it, it's pain has the ability to completely transform your life if you learn from it it's a saying right we are our worst enemy when it comes to business ourselves we are our worst enemy same with pain of limits 
self-belief, mm-hmm. things like that. It's no different. John, let's talk a little bit about your business now. Um, yeah. The way you deliver these services is through mostly coaching, I understand? Yes. What made you decide this to be the best vehicle? So basically, I recognized that this gets in the way for people. So you can give them all the tools and the strategies and the techniques. But if you don't let them know about the pitfalls, where to catch themselves, what are they saying to themselves, have them think differently, have them question what's going on for themselves, they'll stay in the cycle and they won't even know that they're in the cycle. Mm. That's why I chose. And I'm a qualified psychotherapist as well. And that has, it's got its place. Like it seriously has got its place. But what I found with coaching is you've got your future with psychotherapy. It's the now moment and how to get to the future. And then you've got your EFT, the tapping, which is the past, which is allowing to let go of the past. So it's all three past, present and future. You Mm -hmm. can't leave any of them out. And for me, I've found that most tools and techniques concentrate purely on the future. That's just masking what's happening to you right now and pretending that the past didn't happen. You can't do that. It will come back and it will change you. You have to work on all three simultaneously. Makes sense. I mean, coaching is a great vehicle. It's showing, not no, not showing, but trying to help somebody navigate through their own thought process to realize for themselves what they need to do rather than here's how you do it, follow this plan because it doesn't work. It doesn't. We're all uniquely different. We process differently. We perceive life differently. Like what we said at the beginning, you know, if people can keep telling you that, you know, you, you, this is happening to you, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, until you recognize it for yourself and yourself made that decision. And like I said, perhaps that's when you ha- happens, perhaps when you've exhausted all the options that you actually come to that conclusion. Wow. <laughs> It's uh, serious stuff. Uh, yeah. Some, some deep things that we've discovered. Now, how's, how's that been successful for you, this path of trying to help others um, in your business? What success have you achieved in your own business? For me, I have done two years of clinical trials. I've set up a pain clinic and pain practice and pain education, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I have a successful online business. I have won multiple awards for the method that I've created to help people. I have interviewed Gillian Michaels. Do you know who Gillian Michaels is? Um, biggest, not loser in, biggest loser in the USA. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, so I've interviewed her. I've interviewed Dr. Phil. Just so much stuff. So if you're sat there and thinking, I'm in pain, my life is terrible, it's the end of my life. No. No, no, no. It's a story that you're telling yourself. I got through it. I'm no different from you. The only difference between you and I is I decided that living in pain wasn't an option. It's as simple as that. That's it. That decision right there has completely transformed my life. And when you face a hairy beast-like pain, you pretty much become fearless. And you go after what you want when you're at the other side. You become fearless. No limits because you've been to the deepest, darkest depths of fear and despair and helplessness that nothing is as scarier. Nothing is scary anymore. And when it is scary, you just look back and you go, look what I have achieved. Look what I've done. Got myself out of pain. I can do that. I can interview Dr. Phil. That's a breeze. How was that, by the way, interviewing Dr. Phil? It was incredible. I spoke to him we had a chat he's it was the most bizarre experience and the most amazing experience at the same time because dr phil is very reserved and very quiet then the lights go on and he's just completely different like a completely different guy it's the most it was the most bizarre experience because talking to him before the lights went on he was very quiet very like it, it was bizarre and then as soon as the lights camera action he was just lit up like a Christmas tree. Wow. And he set up one of the first pain clinics in the US. So he understands the concept. You guys have a understanding. 
so when I asked, when I was talking to him and interviewed him, he just looked at me and he went, he said, this is incredible what you've created. This is going to change people's lives. He said, it's something similar to the practice that I created as well, but you've taken it to another level. And I was like, wow, wow. I would never, ever imagine in a million years that I would be talking to Dr. Phil because of this pain and suffering. I would be talking to Dr. Phil and he would be saying to me, wow, this is incredible. It's amazing what you're doing. It's inspirational. It is because if it, when you're in that fork in the road, I want for you to just remember this conversation and go, do you know what? I can choose the higher path and the higher path is, I don't know what the hell is going to be after this pain but it's going to be a damn sight better than it is now. Or you can choose to decline, suffer, and just look back on your life and go, what if, what if? And I can tell you right now, and I don't want to end it on this note, but I really want people to wake up. My mom passed away from cancer 11 years ago. And the last conversation I had with my mom before she slipped into a coma was a list of what ifs. What if, what if I'd have done this differently? What if I'd have said this differently? What if I'd have gone here? It wasn't regretting the things that she did and said. It was regretting the things that she didn't say and do. That's a tough conversation. Please don't. It woke me up, but it took me having to go through that experience to really get and grasp what my mum said. You never regret the things that you do. You regret the things that you don't do. And making a decision to allow the pain to be bigger than you is still making a decision to do nothing. So on a lighter note, you learn from all of, all of the adversity in your life is lessons for you to learn to be stronger, powerful, and amazing. And it strengthens your character when you push yourself through, through the hardship and through the odds. Yes. I think it makes sense. This is perhaps why, like, I mean, I've never been in the army, but I always, you know, I've always been fascinated when I look at like special, you know, special ops and Navy SEALs, and you look at that training, and they go through such a tough experience. They go that little bell, you know, like you can ring it any time if you want to pull out, and, and some do, but some don't, and they they have lack of sleep and physically, emotionally, totally exhausted. But I guess that's what it takes to be a stronger human being. You know, On different get, get through the other side, yeah. It's not even about physically punishing yourself. Sometimes people need to do that, but it's not about that. It's about this. It's whatever limitation, whatever ceiling this is putting on you, you express it in a way that has you push that ceiling. Mm. Some people, they're physical. They need to express it through their body which is people who, like yourself and people who join the forces, is all about pushing their body beyond in order to expand their mindset, expand mm. the ceiling. For some people, it's just been a pl- reaching out to Dr. Phil and saying, I'm going to interview you and owning that and breaking that ceiling of I'm not good enough. Who am I to interview Dr. Phil? Breaking that ceiling of this is impossible. I can't do that. Oh my God, what if I do this on stage? is breaking the ceiling. That is the ultimate thing, is to break the ceilings that you don't even know that you have. And then you raise the level of confidence even higher. And you just keep going through the ceiling, through the ceiling, until you... Do you know what? It doesn't end. Mm. You just keep going through the ceilings until you can see the moon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing about confidence, right? Like, when, when you start gaining that confidence... You start to do things um, that you didn't do before and, and, and you, you're confident in doing those things and taking those actions and it just propels you forward, which gives you more confidence. And it's amazing what confidence can do for anybody. So, That's right. And it's a muscle. You've got to build it. But that only happens when you get yourself outside of that comfort zone. Yeah. That's what it is. Very true. Don, it's been amazing talking to you. We've covered some really interesting things and really important things. Um, so I hope for anybody that is listening all the way up until this point that you guys um, took some notes and, and you took some 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 good things out of this. And um, and I hope we can 
make a positive impact for somebody out there that is um, stuck in that dark room. Um, but if they obviously need help, how they can, how can they find you? How can they reach out for, for help with you? Yep. So I have a Facebook community called heal yourself and you'll see a picture of me just so you know that it's my group. And there we give free tools and techniques and advice. And if you are ready, if you're listening to this and going, you know what, I'm on that road where I want to take the higher path. I have an online course. And because you have listened to us from here, you get a hundred dollars off. It's normally four nine nine and it's going to be three nine nine for you. And we're going to drop in the link. And that is a online program. It's seven weeks, takes 10 to 20 minutes a day, just depends on where you are on the journey. And from there, what happens is you have 12 months support. You come into the community, you ask the questions. I have live Q and A's. I will answer questions for you. We are there holding your hand. There are people who've been through the course, who have had success, who are there to cheer you on. So if you are ready, I encourage you to sign up because it will change your life. Amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for, for this um for this kind of for dawn. That's amazing. And like any good program, having that community aspect is it's great that you have it because yeah, I truly believe that having that having that community aspect to any any program, anything that anybody delivers, when you have that community aspect, you've got a sense of well, sense of community. You've got people that are there with you. People who are going through the same journey. People who've been through that journey, so they can support you because now they're on the other side. Um, so the fact that you have it just shows that you've got a really good program and you've been through the tough time. You've got you've got the credibility behind you. So um, once again, thank you so much, but for being on the show. Um, we're gonna put all the links in the show notes. I'm gonna put that link that you sent me uh, your interview with Dr. Phil as well. And um, thank you for everybody else that you guys spend this hour listening. I hope that you got, once again, I hope that you got some good things out of this. And until next time, be well, be inspired, and pursue success. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Dawn. See you next time. Bye.